Hello and welcome to episode three of North Point wow. Plus. We're all the way up to three. It's a trilogy. That's <laughs> this nice. is the Return of the Jedi. That's the sequel to the sequel to the <laughs> original. <laughs> so we've established it. It's North Point Plus episode three. Uh, this is our follow-up podcast um, for our messages on Sunday mornings. So every Sunday uh, we have a talk and a message that comes through. And then this podcast just gives us the opportunity to take your questions, answer those questions, dive a little deeper and, and wrestle with some tough topics. I have a question. Hit me. Um, we never really fully established the ground rules. Like, mm. am I supposed to see the questions before we start? Or is this supposed to just come in off the, the cuff? Cold? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, stump the pastor kind of a deal. So far, it has not taken the approach of stump the pastor. I'm glad. <laughs> we can take that approach if you want to have a more controversial podcast. <laughs> no, uh, you know, you'd get a much more spontaneous answer, but probably a better answer if I see them ahead of time. And I have. So my my answer would always be, uh, I'll get back to you. Oh, good, good. <laughs> that's a good stump the pastor question. I'll get back yeah. to you. <laughs> uh, I am one of your hosts, Mark Adkins. To my left, uh, Rick Rubel. Thanks for joining us, Rick. Hey. Um, today, all of our questions were submitted. That's very cool. So in the past, I've kind of sprinkled my own in, um, and all of my questions were edged out. They are Your questions don't ma matter today, they, they do not. They do not. So thank you guys for submitting all of these questions. We're going to try to hit as many as we can, and I think we'll be able to get all of them without making uh, a, a one-hour podcast. Good. So Good, good. Um, so yesterday... Uh, we're recording this on Monday. Yesterday, we wrapped up the Owning North Point series, yeah, um, which has just been awesome. It's been so cool um, just to, to dive in. Um, for those that have been following along on Sunday mornings, we started with the Big C Church, mm -hmm. the kind of umbrella, yep. worked our way down to the local church, and then this past week was just, you know, honing in specifically on North Point Community Church. Yeah, talking about really, in, in real practical terms, uh, personal application. Yeah, yeah, which I love. What's it mean for me? I love that. Um, and, and one of the questions that actually came out of it, this is kind of a, a housekeeping question. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you mentioned in your message uh, was that people at North Point um, that own North Point are committed to investing in relationships. Yeah. And one of the ways that you did that when you first came to North Point was having desserts with the pastor. Right. Uh, and we're starting that back up again. Um, and so that's, I think there's a few dates in October that mm -hmm. people can choose from. Um, they can go online on the website and the mobile app um, to do that. But Amber Redman asks a great question. Um, she asks, should people come to that dessert? Uh, should the people that come to the dessert with a pastor be new people or people that already know you? Rick, who do you want to have dessert with? We want to have dessert with anybody <laughs> who would like to. So um, actually, I, I think that that's a great question. The Ideally, it's for people that we don't know, but we would love to have people, uh, some people we haven't really spent much time with, Right. Um, we don't see consistently, and so we'd love to have them come because it really is just a chance to connect. I think we have um, space for somewhere between 125 and 150 people in the dates that we have lined up. Throughout those dates. Throughout not, those on one day. Day. not on one night. No, that's <laughs> right. Um, and so there really is probably a good deal of space. Great. And so we would love to have you come and be part of that. Come, as, uh, come individually. Uh, come with your life group. Come with some friends if you're nervous. That'd be great. Great. Love it. Uh, this next question is very serious. 
serious. We, uh, you mentioned uh, part of your message was uh, you and the elders had kind of come up with a list of, you know, if someone came in and dropped a million bucks. Right. These are some of the things that... And you're allowed to do that. Anyone at any time. That's right. <laughs> it's allowed. Um, a, a kind of list. And so uh, a question from Tom Izzoson. Tom Izzo's son. <laughs> yeah, Tom Izzo's son. Uh, asks, when that million dollars comes through, what color paint are we going to use? Are we using scarlet and gray or green and white? I, um, I think that, that the answer to that question is just clear. It, there, there's no question about it. The spirit, I, don't even, I don't even need to answer the it. The spirit would lead that question, and of course it would be blue and mace. I, um, or not. It's, <laughs> the answer's always somewhere in the middle. It would be scarlet and gray. Uh, I love it. Uh, but to get to, not that those aren't real questions, but to get it to the... a legitimate question. Somebody submitted it. Tom, Tom is a son. That's right. <laughs> it's a legit question. Um, here's a question um, that is really something worth wrestling with. Um, this uh, question comes in anonymously. Um, and really with, with COVID and with everything going virtual and we're live streaming services now and people engage with us that way, uh, this person asks that since society has become so distanced that that's a normal thing, um, how does ownership of North Point work in distance or does ownership of North Point work when you're at a distance? Yeah, I, that's a great, great question. Yeah. I think that the answer to that really is that um, it takes a ton of initiative to be able to make that work without being connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I mentioned that in, uh, I can't remember which one it was, one of the first two weeks in the series, just talking about if you're virtual or if you're homebound for whatever reason, um, you can still be very connected, but you have to take tons of initiative you have to you have to figure out how to do that Um, through prayer through through lots of digital um, connection email text Mm -hmm. um, personal notes whatever Um, prayer driving everything really makes a big difference in terms of how you're connected yeah Uh, and uh, the serving piece then looks something different we um, we have we have this is a fun story. We have somebody who is not able to come on Sundays mm-hmm. um, because of some physical issues, but they come in every week and bring gifts to the staff. And that's a really cool thing. That's a way that they can serve, um, even though physically they're not able to come and be a part of the gathering on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks it very different, um, obviously, for those that have gone to work remote. Um, because of COVID and everything, everyone kind of went through that month, two month period of it looks very different to engage with my staff, with my coworkers, whatever it might be virtually, but eventually you kind of find it doesn't look the same, but that there's a, there's a way of connecting, of staying involved and doing that remotely rather than just clocking in, clocking out yeah. and doing your work. We we may go. We may talk a little bit later in in the um, in today's episode about um, some parallels that exist between our our commitment to the church and a marriage relationship. Mm. And it can you can you have a marriage that is uh, that that involves distance? You can do that, but man, for it to be a good marriage, you have to take tons and tons of steps to be very intentional to stay connected, or it's just easy to drift apart. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Kate Dolphy asks a question. She asks, how do I know where I fit in the body of Christ? 
That's that's it's a great question because it speaks to that whole serving idea, right? Um, that you invest with with uh, with your heart and you you serve, you invest in relationships, that kind of thing. The best advice I can give is to look around at where the needs are and kind of w- how you're wired, and and just reach out and begin to fill a need or two, and and to try it out and to say, oh, I'm going to try and serve in this particular way. I've got this idea. I'm going to try and serve in this way. And it may be that it's like, oh, this is the perfect fit. This is just what I've been waiting to do. And when you serve in that way, there's, um, it, it's not even work because it's just a, a natural extension of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be instead that you say, oh, this is good. Yeah, there's a need. <laughs> this is not what I'm supposed to. I'm not supposed to be changing diapers you yeah. know, or whatever it is. I'm not supposed to be weeding the garden. Mm-hmm. This is not fun. Um, and, and it's okay at that point to say, you know what? that's not what I'm going to do. Let me try something else. I'm going to try this instead. And oftentimes it may take two, three, five times. It may take a period of months um, before you really hit that sweet spot. But the easiest thing to do is say, okay, where are the needs? What can I say yes to? That um, Do I have a tug of my heart to work in this area? And then um, see where it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think, I think like you said, combining it with, you know, is God calling you to a place? Has God put a passion in your heart, right. pulling your heartstrings, and then just trying it? I mean, I the number of people I've met that have said, I can't work with kids, man. Like, kids yeah. just get on my nerves. And then you put them in that environment, and they like they become children and like yeah. it, just because they tried it. And so right. it's not to say that that works every single time, but trying it, if it doesn't work, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. The, the big thing I would say is is don't wait. Yeah. Be- because it's easy to say, oh, I'm not equipped for that particular thing. That Yes, there's a real need there, but I'm not equipped, so I'm just going to wait until some- it's something mm-hmm. I'm equipped for, something that, I- that I'm drawn to. Um, just, uh, you know, I'm not always drawn to doing the dishes <laughs> at home. <laughs> I'm not always called to do laundry, yeah. but it needs to be done. And so you yeah. step in and do it. And then all of a sudden it leads to other areas where there's lots of fulfillment. Yeah. And that's great. And I would say too, I, I don't know of anyone that helps oversee a ministry that says I'm, I'm good on volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good on people. Else, so yeah. if, if there's an area that interests you, try it. Yep. It's available. All right. This next question is, it's a great, great question. It's a two-parter, and it's so worth wrestling with because I think this is a, a natural question that comes out of the practical application of what it means to own North Point. Um, and so I'll just read the question. This came in anonymously. Uh, question number one, as an owner of North Point, what should I do if I feel something is is not being done correctly or well? What if I don't agree with something that's being taught or practiced? And then number two, in your opinion, is there an appropriate circumstance that would justify leaving and going to another church? Are there things that we should be extra considerate of yeah. in that case? Great, great, great questions. Read the first one again. Yeah, we'll do number one. So as an owner of North Point, what should I do if I feel something is not being done correctly or if I disagree with something being taught or practiced? Okay, uh, there may be a little bit of variation in that, but the, but the easiest answer yeah. Um, obviously, biblically, is that you're going to go to that person and, and talk. So yeah. if, if, there's an, if there's something that you think is not being done well or correctly or whatever, uh, l- let's say that it's not a matter of doctrine, mm-hmm. um, but it's just practically how something is done. Um, 
I go and talk to them, and what will probably happen is they'll say, oh, you have such great insight. We'd love to have you <laughs> be part of the solution. Yeah. If, it's, if it's about something that, that is more uh, of a biblical nature or a question, um, and maybe it's a management style kind of a, of a yeah. deal, having that conversation is, obviously is the place to start. And, and if it is theological, if it's a, if it's a scriptural kind of a question, um, it may be the kind of thing that you look at that and you say, I've got a problem with this. And they say, okay, here's why I'm doing what, I, what I'm doing. Here's why we've made the choice that, that we've made. Yep. You may still disagree with that. And I would encourage you, and this will probably lead into the second question, at that point to say, okay, you know what? God has put that person in that place with that responsibility, and I trust God. It may, mm. That may not be the way that I would do it, but I trust God that God has allowed that person to be in that position and make that decision. And, um, and, and so I can live with that. Yeah. Um, I, That's I, great. I think, I think when you look biblically at the way that God's authority works, our trust is not in the authority structure. Our trust is in God who gives us hmm. uh, a structure, who, who places people in our lives that, that can help give direction to us. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And I think that that fits with, it, it goes against our culture because our culture yeah. does two things. It encourages you to bottle it up right, or to blow up on Facebook, blow up on Twitter right, and be passive aggressive in that way. So I think following that or, biblical or model. To, or to just take your ball and go home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And so I think following that biblical model of, you know, Rick did something that I disagree with. Yep. I should talk to Rick <laughs> exactly, and have that conversation yep. and have continued conversation and recognize that it's not, it's probably not going to be a one and done thing. Sometimes it is. And that's great, but that's part of that being invested in relationships at owning North point right. is if it's more than a one and done conversation, I'm invested enough in your life. You're invested in my life yeah. that we can continue the back and forth every week, every day, every month, right. every year. Um, and not just let it be, well, we talked once, Right. Rick didn't change his mind. Mark didn't change his mind. Peace. Right. Which I think leads into the second question. Yeah. So uh, the question is, in your opinion, are there appropriate circumstances that would justify someone leaving North Point, leaving any church uh, and going somewhere else? And, and what are those things that we should be extra considerate or hyper aware of? Yeah. Um, let, I, I, I did make some notes on this. Um, let me let me answer in a in kind of a um, broad perspective. So yeah. um, some principles that I think guide things. I think that there, there are um, some good reasons to leave a church. Um, obviously, if, um, if heresy is being taught, if, um, if things are being taught that are in direct contradiction to, to biblical truth, um, you, you want to run away from that. Yeah. If, you know, if, if a church is teaching that the Bible doesn't matter, um, it, that it's not authoritative. If um, Jesus, if they're teaching that Jesus isn't God's son, that Jesus isn't the only way to the Father, mm. um, that those those kinds of things obviously that that um, puts you on a direction to say I can't be here. I can't be a part of of this church. I think a good reason to leave a church is if you have a clear call um, from God 
to someplace else, that, that you really do have this sense, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, and that's confirmed by the church that you're a part of, by, by um, spiritual mentors, people who are in your life that say, yeah, I can see that, that God can use you in this way in a greater, in a, in a greater way than where you are right now. Man, that, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think a good reason to, to leave a church is if you're in a place that, that, um, that physically there's so much distance that it's hard for you to invest in the, in the lives of other people. So it's not uncommon. Uh, you know, we have, we have people who may live 40, 45 minutes away from North Point and come to church. And I don't mind having a conversation at all with somebody to say, you know what, in order for you to be really connected to the body, you need to, you need to find a place that's closer because it's just not all that practical for, for you to be invested in the lives of, of other people at that mm-hmm. distance. So I think that that's a good reason. Um, I think that there's a sense in which um, if, if you have a sense that the, that the tone of the teaching, the, the, um, the vibe of the church, the, the sense of who they are is, is maybe not heretical. Mm-hmm. It's, they're not teaching heresy, but it's drifting. Um, in a, in a direction that that uh, caution flags are, go- are going off, yeah. or, uh, warning signs are going off, I think, again, you're having the conversation with people, but that could be a, a, a sign that says, yeah, uh, you know what, maybe I need to go someplace if, else. If it's, all of a sudden things are moving towards a, a much more legalistic perspective yeah. or, or, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. So those are, those are all good reasons to Yeah, learn. and I think, I think you mentioned it in there. I think all of those are good reasons and you leaving that church would probably start with a conversation with those church leaders. So Absolutely. if something is taught heretical and I I've, I've said this many times to people, it's, it's so easy when you're speaking from the stage to slip when you say something and have someone take that and say, well, you said this <laughs> and it's like, well, I didn't, that's on me. I made the mistake. I slipped up. I don't actually believe that heretical thing. Yes. So it starts with that conversation of, Rick, you had a message and you said this. Unpack that for me. What do you mean by that? Is this the direction that the church is going in? Rather than I hear something that Jake says from the stage, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Let, let me just give you a, a real life example of that. I had a conversation several years ago. I um, preached a message and and um, and afterwards, somebody who was there that day came and talked to me. And they said, "Can I make an appointment?" Came and sat down and said, "I almost got up and left in the middle of the message. I was so angry." Hmm. He said, "But I thought that wouldn't be fair." Hmm. And and so he came in, and then we talked. And after we talked, he said, "Okay, I get completely. I didn't hear because of my own stuff. I didn't hear what you were trying to communicate." Yeah for whatever reason. And, and that's, I think a, that's a great biblical model. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's, that's true for all of that. So those are, those are great reasons to leave a church. Yeah. Often when the conversation around leaving a church comes up, those aren't the reasons that are provided. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some reasons that people tend to use when it comes to leaving a church that we would probably caution against and have some deeper conversation around. Yeah, I, I would say these are not good reasons to, to leave a church. One is uh, when it's about personal preference. When, uh, when you say, you know what, I don't like the musical style, I don't like it, I don't like the clothes that the person wears, I don't like the colors of the auditorium, the color of the carpet, whatever. Um, I, I don't even like necessarily the... Um, 
I, some, some aspect about ministry that's, that is, uh, it's not a biblical thing. Yeah. It really is a personal preference thing. Yep. Um, I, you know, I don't like it that we, that we partner with this particular organization or yep. whatever. I don't think that, the, that that's uh, a good reason to leave. I would say um, leaving a church because you're in conflict with somebody in the church, because there's unresolved conflict that's there, that's not a good reason to leave the church because th- that really is about, it's about the conflict, it's not about the church. Mm. And um, that issue that you have with that person, you're going to end up having with somebody else because God's trying to um, help you learn how to, how to work through that. So that's one thing that happens. Um, I think a bad reason to leave a church is if there's disagreement over uh, issues of what I would call secondary theology. So um, uh, Mark and I disagree on a number of things theologically. Yeah. And um, if Mark were to say, oh, because you don't subscribe to this particular view, I, I, can't, I can't be at North Point anymore. That, um, again, we're talking about secondary theology, not yeah. about who Jesus is, not about how to have a relationship with God, yeah. not about the authority of Scripture, none of those things. And if I can, if I can interject there, it's not what when we when we say that you shouldn't leave over a secondary matter. It's not to say that those issues aren't important. Correct. Because they're in the Bible, they're written about like right. these are things that we have that had matter, yeah. Yeah, they absolutely matter. We have had discussions on them and we have the back and forth. So it's not to say that we dismiss those as well, it's not an issue. And and it's not even that our conviction right. is lessened. Our right. conviction still is strong. Mm-hmm. We just decide, you know what? That's not something that we have to agree on in order to do ministry together right. and, and in order to be the church. Yep, 100%. So I interrupted you. Yeah. Sorry, no, keep going. No, that's good. Um, I think a bad reason to, uh, to leave a church is over uh, a particular type of leadership style. Mm-hmm. You know, that if you say, oh, I, I don't like the way they lead. I, you know, I wish they were more dynamic. I wish they were more um, relational. I, I, whatever it is. That's not a good. I wish they were younger. Um, <laughs> that's not a good reason to to leave a church. Yeah. Um, uh, another another bad reason to lead uh, to leave a church is if the church is involved in in uh, church discipline you know, mm. with, with you, and and rather than to experience the church discipline that Scripture describes to bring you back into the body of Christ and back into your the right kind of relationship with Jesus, you say, "Now nah, I'm going to cut and run." Yeah, um, that that would be a bad reason to leave. Yeah, that's great. And you brought it up earlier too, kind of this parallel-ish analogy of the church and a marriage and what are good reasons to leave a marriage. And if you don't like the marriage analogy, think about it as a family. What are like what are good reasons to walk away from your family? Right. So, Scripture's real clear. Yeah. If, if there's unfaithfulness, yeah. and, and in the context of the church, if there's unfaithfulness to the Word of God, yeah. unfaithfulness to God himself, um, that, that would be a good reason to leave. Yeah. But if I don't like the way that my wife, the direction of the toilet paper, that's not <laughs> a good reason to walk away from family. And, um, and, and it's even at the level of if we don't, um, if I'm not getting all the strokes that I want, you know, if I'm not getting all the encouragement I want or need, right. that's not a good reason to, to break that commitment that you've made. Yeah. Um, it's easy for us, particularly in our culture, hmm. to, um, to think about what I want to get from the church. Yeah. And, and I hope through the series it really has come through. It's not about what I want to get. It's what I want to give. It, how can I be an encourager? Hmm. How can I be an equipper? 
and that that's the glue that makes us the body of Christ. It's, it's why it's so important when, when people aren't together in the body is we miss, we miss, there's this gap that happens when somebody's removed from the body. Yeah. And, um, and so it's a, it's a completely different mindset to say, I'm here to serve, I'm here to give, I'm here to bless others, I'm here to be used by God in any way I can, rather than to say, eh, you know, I'm not getting fed. Or, um, I, you know, I just really don't like kind of the way I feel when I'm here. Hmm. Um, commitment is about staying through difficult times. There's a, um, there's a C.S. Lewis at one point wrote about marriage, and he said the marriage vows are the only vows that you make knowing that there's going to be a time that you want to break them, hmm. which is really interesting. The reason that you say in richer or poorer in sickness and in health is because you recognize that there's going to be a time that you're sick and yeah. poor um, and that I'm committed to you no matter what. Yeah. And, that, and the commitment to the body of Christ as an owner says, you know what? Everything is not going to be my way. Everything's not my way at North Point. <laughs> at North Point you know, yeah. um, it's, it's just not going to be that way. And yeah. so, um, but I'm still committed to be a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. I love, and, and we had talked about this earlier and, and one of the ways that, I've counseled even myself in evaluating churches is, you know, when you, when everyone has their list of like, these are the things that bother me about church, whatever it might be. Uh, And you can honestly evaluate that list. And if the reasoning for that basically shakes out to me, 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 it's probably not a good enough reason to leave a church. If it shakes out to, this is a God issue, God, 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 the gospel right. is being compromised. Jesus' lordship and kingship is being questioned. Right. Those are serious issues. Right. If it's more of the preferential side of things, and there can be varying levels of importance that you might assign to things and I might assign to things. Right. Um, but all of that starts with the conversation. Right. If you're not in conversation, if you're not in relationship, if you're not in community with the leadership, with other people, at, with your life group, with whatever right. ministry is out there, um, that's where you need to be. Yeah. So, great. Great question. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that was, love it. Um, this last question um, is uh, from Peter Metlu, um, and it's a great question. I think it's it's great coming out of what we just wrestled with. With uh, at North Point, you're going to have varying levels of importance on issues. You're going to have different answers to questions, um, and this is one of those questions where it's depending on who you might ask, you might get a different answer. But it's right. it's a great question to wrestle with. Um, so Pete asks if if you're saved early in life before adulthood, um, are you still saved? Do you need to be saved again? Rick, what's the what's the black and white answer on well, this um, <laughs> this question? Be- before before I dive right into the answer to that specifically, yeah. let me just say this: I think that that question is such a great question because it illustrates um, the way that God works. Hmm. Because that that's not anything that we really talked about. I, you know, I talked right. about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ as a whole, and right. and what's involved in that process. But the Holy Spirit's connecting dots for yep. Pete as as he's asking that kind of question. That's a it's such a great question. Yep, it's a hard question to answer because there's a whole lot of things you have to unpack. When uh, I, you know, if if I were sitting with with you right now, Pete, and talking about it, I'd say, okay, tell me what you mean by before adulthood. You know, are you talking about being um, maybe uh, 
baptized or, or consecrated as an infant? Are you talking about a decision that you made when you were six or seven years old, um, you know, with your parents in your bedroom? Are you talking about a decision that you made as a 13 or 14-year-old? Um, are, what's, what's that mean before adulthood? And, and specifically, what are you talking about in terms of, of the use of the word saved? Hmm. Um, what's, that, what's that look like? Um, I think that the, the bottom line, if you talk theologically, you're asking the question about kind of uh, whether you're, once you're saved, you're always saved. How's that, how's that work? And, um, and the, again, that's something that we could spend a lot of time <laughs> talking about yep. and, and unpacking that. Yeah. I, I think the, the bottom line is when you look at your relationship with Jesus when you talk about before adulthood, you know, did, did you have a sense, were you old enough that you had a sense, not just that you were doing the right thing and praying a prayer, being baptized, whatever it was, not just were you doing the right thing because you knew it was the right thing to do, not just were you rationally thinking, yes, I believe this, but did, it, but did that process lead you into a relationship with Jesus where, where your life changed? Um, if you knew Jesus, and then you went into your teen years, and um, and every time you lived like you didn't know Jesus, there was this sense of the Holy Spirit saying, "Man, you're off. Yeah, that's not what you're supposed to be doing." And you go through college, and and you live like a lot of people do in college, and you make all kinds of decisions, but you've always got this gnawing sense inside you. Oh man, this is not how I'm supposed to be living my mm-hmm. life. This is not what I'm supposed to do. That's the Holy Spirit, and and I would say, um, in the same way, uh, I, I would say in that sense, that that coming home, coming back to that relationship with Jesus is is really all about. It's all about saying, you know what, God, I have messed up so badly, mm-hmm. and and I and and what I knew to be true, I know, I really know now. And I just want to say yes all over again. Um, that that's that's a different kind of thing than than um, early in life, um, or somebody making the decision for you, or or making a decision because everybody else was doing it, because yeah. your brothers or sisters, whatever. Um, and and you never really never really experienced Jesus, uh, knowing Jesus, having Him change you from the inside out. Um, that's a completely different thing. As an adult, um, if that's your experience, then, then I think it makes sense to say, I'm going to look at Scripture again, and I'm going to think through, okay, what is, is it that I believe? Uh, is my, do I, am I ready to put my faith in Jesus for salvation? Am, yeah. am, I, am I ready for a life change? Am I, am I willing to repent and yeah. to turn and to change and go a different way? Am I, am I willing to confess my sin and confess Jesus as Lord? Am, am I willing to be baptized and take that step to say publicly, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I want to have that relationship with him. Um, man, I'd say go ahead and do that if, if you hadn't experienced that before. Yeah, that's great. And I, th- I think that that fe- we, I think, often feed into this mentality of trying to tie salvation to an event. I prayed right. the prayer. Right. I did. The, I, I got what? Yep. I Yeah. Someone dunked me underwater. I did the thing. I checked yeah. the box. Was I saved at that moment? And I think that's the cool thing about how God works and how the Holy Spirit convicts is really the question is, do you know Jesus right, right now? Right, and if you do, that's yeah. that's yeah. what matters. Yeah, and and again, when you look back historically, um, if I go back to the to what feels like the the illustration that just keeps making sense, yeah. 
Um, Deb and I got married on August 30th, 1981. <laughs> mm-hmm. And man, we've been perfectly in love and never had a crossword <laughs> for the last 40 years. Wow. It, you know, it's been, it's just been perfect bliss the rainbows entire time. and butterflies yeah, that's it's been so good <laughs> I, I mean that honey um, <laughs> um the reality is uh, over over time there have been times that that we have grown distant that we've been hurtful to each other that we've done all kinds of stuff mm. but we've still been married yeah um and 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 when that has happened and we've and we've struggled coming back together m- has made that relationship so much richer Hmm. because we've experienced reconciliation and forgiveness and grace and mercy with each other. Um, And so there is a a real sense in which, you know what, when we walk away from God and, um, and live like we don't know him and it grieves us, we know it grieves God Hmm. and we come back, there is this, um, uh, we sang uh, one of the lyrics to the, one of the songs that we sang Sunday, I think, was, um, uh, oh, what's the line uh, about grace? That your grace is the, is the thing that makes me want to continue to change. Yeah. Um, it, it, God's, God's just deep love for us yeah. draws us closer and closer to him. Yeah, that's great. That's all I have in terms of questions. I think that's probably enough. Thank <laughs> you guys so it. much for, for um, sending the questions. Um, you can just continue to send Tom Izzo's son. You can continue to ask questions. <laughs> yes, all questions are welcome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Rick, for your time. Thanks for bringing us through the Owning North Point series. Um, I'm excited to, to dive into what we have next in terms of series. Um, what are we doing next? We're doing sticky notes. Sticky notes. <laughs> sticky uh, notes. I, I, let me, uh, this is a teaser. And only if you're watching the podcast do you hear this. Um, uh, the next series that we're doing is the is uh, a message um, for the next four weeks from the f- four shortest books in the New Testament: um, Philemon, Second and Third John, and the Book of Jude. And just seeing what God has to say to us in those tiny short letters, and I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm super excited to dive in. So next week we'll have a uh, someone new in the hot seat. Yep. So it'll be me and Jake next week. So um, excited to do that. Thank you again for submitting questions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week.